Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Guys, we got a great deal of hype around us. We do. All kinds of expectations. And with great expectations, we know that there's going to be a whole lot of people, a whole lot of crows expecting us to fall on our face. What are you doing to find that little bit more to get us closer to being a great team? You finish practice, now what? You finish meetings, now what? Lifting, now what? A rep, now what? And if we come together and we challenge ourselves to do a little bit more every day, the crows, they'll fall by themselves. Embrace what we're capable of. Embrace the fact that we aren't the same old Jets. Embrace the fact that we do have a target on our back. Embrace the fact that when teams look at our schedule, they're not chalking us up for a W. They're coming at you. It's exactly where we want to be. And that's awesome. I'll remember this episode for the walk. That walk, which begins the latest season of Hard Knocks, a walk that tells the story of this beautiful and unique place and time for the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers exits the doors of the Jets facility in Florham Park and begins that brief journey to the practice field for another day of work in the summer heat waiting for him. His team, yes. Robert Sala, who you heard, yes. Thousands of adoring fans, many wearing number eight jerseys, and all of them calling out to the longtime Packers quarterback they hope will finally serve as the rightful successor to Joe Namath for the Jets. In January, it will be 54 years since the team's lone Super Bowl triumph. It's time. It's been time. Rodgers knows who he is and what he represents to his teammates, to the front office, to the success-starved fans, to his critics, of which there are many, as we know. And you know what? He loves it. After he exits that front door, he says to the camera following him, I'll give you some good stuff today. And he does. Everyone is chasing the top-tier quarterback, says Robert Sala, positively beaming, by the way, across the entirety of this premiere. Because, Sala said, they change games They change entire locker rooms. I'll take Salah's deadly accurate statement a step further. The arrival of a truly great quarterback can change lives and the identity of an entire fan base, no matter what they've been through previous to the arrival of a true difference maker at the game's most important position. The New York Jets will enter week one, riding a postseason drought that has stretched across a dozen seasons now. It's the backdrop of the show. Um... It's tied for the longest of any team in North American sports. And last year began with hope as a dynamic rookie class and a rising defense put New York into position to snap that dry spell until, let's call it G-force freefall in the quarterback play, sparked a catastrophic offensive implosion. The waiting game continued for the playoffs and for a quarterback who could return the franchise to prominence. 
And now let's take a brief aside and let's offer a full disclosure for the unaware. I'm a Jets fan. My first game in person was October 2nd, 1988. It was a 17-17 tie with the Chiefs and was played in a downpour at the old Meadowlands. The Jets had five fumbles that night and three of them lost, including the Freeman McNeil turnover with the Jets at the KC 15 in overtime. I was eight, and I left that building feeling like my dad just took me to an R-rated horror film I had no business seeing at that age. Six years later, I watched from those same red seats at Giants Stadium as Dan Marino led the Dolphins on that furious second-half comeback capped by the infamous fake spike TD pass to Mark Ingram Sr. The Jets were thinking he's going to take the ball and throw it into the ground. They stopped. That prompted a season-ending tailspin that got some 42-year-old rookie head coach named Pete Carroll fired. Wonder what happened to that guy. Eleven years after that, I was at some random Jaguars game after I graduated college in September where Chad Pennington re-injured, and I love Chad Pennington, but he re-injured that troublesome right shoulder on a sack. He was replaced by a nice fellow named Jay Fiedler, who was also flattened and also forced from action with a shoulder injury. I could still see it today. Fiedler looking up at us from our seats behind the end zone, giving the thumbs up and mouthing, I'm good, as he jogged up the tunnel. He was not good. Two days later, the two QBs shared the same plane to Alabama for a visit with Dr. James Andrews. Their season's over. There are many sad stories around the QB position for this team. These are just mine. Enter Aaron Rodgers and enter the cameras of hard knocks arriving at a crucial moment in time for the star-crossed franchise. The Jets have gone from perennial afterthought to the most compelling team in football. You heard it right there in the hard knocks sizzle reel before the premiere last week. Love him or hate him, and that all goes back to the grizzled and eternally laid-back QB from Northern California. Rodgers can change games. He can change locker rooms. And, as we saw in Tuesday's season premiere, he can change the temperature of any space he enters. Hope and optimism is abundant for the New York Jets. It's true. It's real. This all feels different, and yes, a touch overwhelming. Is it time? It's been time. I am Dan Hansis, and this is the Hard Knocks Podcast. Back for a second year in your ears via Around the NFL. My partner, Colleen Wolf, will join us just a little bit later from the road. But let us start with a very special guest, a man who needs no introduction, but I'll give it anyway. He is the face of NFL Network since its inception 20 years ago. Uh, he has his own show, The Rich Eisen Show, as well. And a man who bleeds green, Rich Eisen, welcome to the Hard Knocks Podcast. How are you, brother? I'm very well. Really appreciate it, Rich. Like, you know, I, I talked at the top of the show. My my first Jets game was 88. It was a five-fumble mm. affair and a 17-17 tie with the Chiefs and, <laughs> and a downpour. And it, it uh, where did, When did you lose your innocence as a Jets fan growing up in uh, Long Island? Oh, I don't remember. Staten Island is where I Staten grew Island, up. Um, yeah, no problem. It's all the same uh, island <laughs> of, uh, of, of New York City, except... Uh, Staten Island, the fifth and forgotten borough. My brother, um, my brother was a Jet Met fan because that was back in the uh, era of you rooted for the teams in the same building. Right. Um, and so um, <clears throat> I uh, realized early on that when, um, you know, Reggie Jackson and Catfish Hunter were winning uh, the World Series in New York, I jumped off the Met and got on the Yankee, but stayed on the Jet. And um, I have somewhere in my house here my uh, Wesley Walker jersey, that uh, number 85 Wesley Walker jersey with my name and bunk number from Camp Loconda stitched into it. <laughs> um, and I'm uh, pleased to say that I survived the A.J. Dewey Interception Festival when Don Shula. Maybe that's it, um, Rich. Maybe that's your moment. <laughs> Don Shula watered down the Orange Bowl turf to slow Freeman McNeil down. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, I've been I've been uh, a Jet fan ever since. And um, and uh, watching Hard Knocks um, tonight was quite awesome. It was a lot of fun. And um, I have I have thoughts. If you want to fire away, go for it. Yeah. Why don't we get to it this way? Because I, I talked about it that initial walk that Rodgers had onto the field that started things yeah. off really kind of painted the picture 
of where this team is, both in, you know, obviously you could feel the fans just wanting this to work and wanting this to be finally the end of this long wait um, as a, a native New Yorker, Rich. You, I think about it, you know, 54 years for the Jets. Remember, the Rangers finally got over the hump in 94. It was the 1940 chance that they were getting before that, and that was 54 years. That's We're dealing with something that is extended and kind of historic in terms of New York's pro sports. Um how do you how do you see Rodgers and how he has transformed this team? Because it seemed like a lot of the, the players were kind of in awe, and even the coaches. Well, I, I, and and so you know, I'll be honest. Um, am I? You know, I, I I just was watching it, and I know this has been a reality since April, but I still can't believe he's a New York Jet, and he's happy to be so. And I know. Um, you know, it wasn't really covered uh, in this Hard Knocks episode, the uh, concept of his contract that he forfeited money um, and that he forfeited money that he could earn. Obviously, you know, guaranteed money uh, actually went up for him um, with the way that he, con um, you know, constructed his contract. But the amount of money that he could earn overall over the two-year period uh, went down. And um, he's happy to do it. And he's happy that he's there. And he doesn't feel uh, anything but um, excitement. And just seeing that is just, again, part of the scars uh, from your, you know, tie game and intercept, you know, turnover a thon from the Chiefs and what I just mentioned uh, for, you know, my birth into the Jets fandom. It's just difficult to compute. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's tough to compute that this is actually happening, and um, and 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 seemingly working. Obviously, he even pointed out when uh, Liev Schreiber said to him, "You know, all of New York's excited," and he basically said, "You know, we haven't played games yet." Um, he understands um, how this works, and. Um, so far, so good. I just, it really is, it's too good to be true. I'm like waiting for shoes to drop, trap doors to open up, and here we are on August 8th, and and it hasn't happened yet, and we are um, coming up on Friday one month from the opener against the Bills, and obviously that's when rubber is really going to meet the road. But right now, it's just great to see, and, you know, obviously, one last thing to say here, and then I'll, you know, obviously hand it back to you here for this conversation, is... We're, we're all looking at Rodgers or at least Jet fans have through the last few months through the prism of Brett Favre. Like, here we go again, that we're reaching, um, we're out of, we're out of um, ideas and options at the quarterback spot. So let's take um, the Packers longtime first ballot Hall of Famer goat at the end of his career and hope for the best. And clearly this is a different scenario. Mm. Clearly Rogers is in a much better headspace. Clearly Rogers is in a much better body space as well. You know, Favre was uh, at the end of a very long consecutive game games played streak road and um, essentially used in the long run, the jets as a transfer portal to Minnesota as the vessel for his uh, revenge on green bay and i don't think rogers wants vengeance on green bay i think what he wants is to win with the jets to do what brady did at the end of his career um except this one is he's coming into the afc east as opposed to leaving the afc east to to get that ring that he's looking for and whereas the young roster and the way things were constructed in Green Bay appeared to grate on him. Um, he is loving being the OG in this situation. And I caught everything um, from the cameras and the, the microphones being picked up uh, uh, in hard knocks that he appears to really relish the role that he is in. He's comfortable in it. He enjoys being there and he's not thinking of anything but winning with the Jets as opposed to what happened with Favre where, you know, we all, it, it turned out to be a way station. That doesn't appear to be the case here. And I'm, I'm thrilled about it. Yeah. It's despite the, obviously it's odd that it's this legendary Packer going to the Jets. It's apples and oranges for the reasons you just said. And, 
you know, it does feel like he just his presence and the fact and you could see it. I mean, you could see it even in the in the practice and of course the dispatches from the beat writers that he has a lot of high level ball in him that I think it I, I feel despite and yes, Jets fans leaning aside, I know you could look at the numbers last year and say he was down a little bit. Um, but there were injuries and there was a lot of drama around the Packers. This is a fresh start he needed, and I think he's really going to lean into that. And, you know, I want to talk about it. I want to set up a clip here. Jeff Ulbrich, who's the defensive coordinator of the Jets, we know the story of last season. The the defense was on the rise, um, and the implosion of Zach Wilson in the quarterback position really submarined a a season that was looking very promising, um, you know, ahead of around, you know, Thanksgiving or so. Here's Ulbrich talking to the Jets in a meeting. They're going over a clip showing Rodgers making an insane throw in practice kind of across the field, a throw that you just don't see. And, again, you see that the team and the coaching staff like, wait, this is different, this is exciting, this is new. Here's Ulbrich. Just understand this. I don't give a what goes down this year. We will always be in games, no matter what. We break some shoelaces and get a few points on us. Guys, we're going to be in every game. Guys, this is across the f-ing field on the back shoulder. Look at this. I don't know if there's, there, there's any other human on earth that can make that f-ing throw. He's our quarterback. He's ours. He's ours. F-ing awesome, man. <laughs> and it's like, you yeah. know, Obrick speaks for all of us too, Rich. Like, he's ours. Yeah, he's our quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that, that dovetails a little bit into what we've already talked about. Two things from that from that moment in the hard knocks debut um because that did stand out that's an excellent choice of a soundbite that that stood out to me uh because i i thought it was the best inside meeting room truth telling hard knocks at its finest right there uh soundbite of the debut quite frankly um but two other things first of all um don't watch hard knocks around your 12 year old son when the (laughs) defensive coordinator of the jets is on camera um, I mean, that's number one. Um, so we'll give that heads up. You're going to hear from Tony Dungy again. Remember in 2010, Dungy saying Rex Ryan in the league uh, conversation. Uh, it, well, I mean, really, um, <laughs> he, 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 but, um, when I saw that, um, it was again, just the first 15 minutes of the, and the whole thing. And, you know, and I know Aaron Rodgers was saying how he had nothing but good experiences, uh with nfl films and that's the truth when Liev schreiber asked him point blank you know like why don't teams want to do this and i don't like Liev schreiber was just basically giving voice i'm sure he he loves doing this show and being the voice of hard knocks and i'm sure he's beginning to get concerned that they're running out of teams that want to do it so he asked that of aaron Rodgers point blank and i know aaron's like you know hey um you know uh some people think it could be a distraction but i i really like you know nfl films he did use the the phrase of it being jammed down the team's throats when he was asked about it at the um uh celebrity golf outing in um in utah um so that's why liev brings it on um but the issue i think some teams don't you know like being put out there is is the dynamic here um that um i guess my point is this is that the thing i got out of it was zach wilson seeing this Hmm. and he must sense it i mean again the fact that we're seeing it will maybe make it that much more intense for him but he's whether we're seeing it or not it's happening behind the scenes and this is aaron Rodgers' team and the team is clearly relieved that he's there and that Zach can't but help sense that he was the guy that scuttled last year. Rogers' presence is obviously testimonial to that. But everybody in that building is just like, that's our quarterback. We're going to be in games. This guy is incredible. You know, Michael Hardman going up to him saying, I'm going to tell my grandkids and my kids right. that I played with you, you know. And, and so, again, uh, how Zach handles it is going to be interesting. And the only reason why that would for the lack of a better phrase, matter right now, is he may have to get in games. And, you know, if Rodgers somehow doesn't answer a bell or or gets a bell rung, um, he might have to shake that off, uh, that, oh, God, I'm the guy coming in that nobody wants to see in the game. And that is definitely a mental aspect that I think Rodgers is clearly addressing by 
coaching him up, which is one last thing as well, that if Rodgers deep down did think this was being jammed down the Jets' throats, this is basically a 60-minute documentary as to how awesome and cool Aaron Rodgers is and how his teammates <laughs> feel. Um, it was a big, fat, wet kiss to number eight on the New York Jets. And um, credit to him, too. He even said when he was mic'd up, walking out to the field for the first time and practice, like he looks at the cameras, I'll, I'll give you some good today. And um, he did. He was engaging. He talked uh, off camera, knowing clearly that he was mic'd up. And um, uh, it was it was a fun first episode, but that soundbite caused me to think, you know, how is Zach Wilson taking the uh, the the clear relief and excitement that his teammates rightfully have that Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback? Yeah, that I mean, following this team, a number two overall pick that as recently as this time last year. The idea was that he's the face of the organization. I thought it was telling that Salah says uh, in in one of his uh, comments, I feel like him showing up is successful because he's being asked uh, what he's being asked to do is hard. Yeah, he, like is. he, yeah, like this is highly humbling for a guy that's still very young and 24 years old. And and then just to add a little bit more to the stew, like Rogers, it was documented before any of this ever happened that Rogers was Wilson's hero. And now he's in the building and everyone's relieved that he's here to save the day from oh, yeah. Zach Wilson. They, well, it's, it's because the day is compelling. Dan, Dan <laughs> here's the truth. The day needed to be saved. Right. Rogers is there for a reason. Okay, and obviously Rodgers has his own reasons for not wanting to be in Green Bay anymore and pulling the ripcord and giving up $35 million or so to go to the New York Jets because the Jets needed him. They were desperate to have him, that this team was ready to start to succeed. That's the other part about hard knocks as well. Certainly when you're comparing this team to what Favre came in on, this is a far more talented team than the one Favre joined from from the coach in Salah being in my mind a much more ready for prime time and this moment coach than Eric Mangini mm. you know from you know that's Garrett Wilson not Jericho Cotchery you know like this is sauce friggin Gardner that's Quinn and Williams I mean and that's just three to name off the top of my head I mean this roster is deep and this roster is hungry, and this roster is young and and ready to roll. All you need is just to add future Hall of Fame quarterback with chip on shoulder right. and zen in heart and mind. I mean, holy cow, this the is real. It's the sense that I got right now. But the what is real is they needed him, and Zach – you know, uh, kudos to him for, yes, just showing up. But the part about just showing up that's tough is that everyone in the building is charged by Rogers' presence. <laughs> it's it, weird. And, and also ready to roll and follow his lead on every front. Um, and clearly this is something that Zach didn't engender or earn last year. But that is the ultimate part about Rodgers' journey that starts from now is that how it does play out this year is crucial. And next year, we're assuming he will be there is crucial. But the end game scenario, I mean, Brady left and it's Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask on the same line as their depth chart in Tampa right now. We all know what the plan is for the Jets is when Rodgers does hand this thing back is hopefully Zach Wilson will be what, a fourth, fifth, sixth year pro that is imbued with all of this knowledge and confidence and talent and off you go and you just keep going on like say Favre to Rogers like that's the way that this plan is set up and the fact that there is one is exciting yes you know and it, I guess the the big picture plan of handing the reins back over in a few years okay you could sell me on that hypothetically the one where he's the number two quarterback and, you know, he's one hit away from being in the lineup in September. That is the one that that scares me. And and uh, we'll leave. We'll end it this way, Rich, because and again, thank you for your time. And uh, Rich, you got of it. course, all over NFL Network and his own Rich Eisen show, which you can catch on the Roku channel, Westwood One Odyssey. Um, anything you want to see? Episode two. 
Anything you didn't see here that you're looking forward to uh, them um, diving I, in? I on? don't. Here's what I want to see, and I don't think we're going to see it. I, I want to see Dalvin Cook. What happened when he was there? Um, I clearly the Jets didn't want any of that stuff. Um, yeah, front that's and center. Good call. You know, um, and I want to see Brees Hall. Uh, let's go. Like, what's what's he looking like? Clearly, I don't think the Jets are going to show you that either. Um, you know, and that's that's essentially it. And I, I just want to see this team continue to be a cohesive, chill unit. You know, and again, that, I, I want to. We're you know, I'm, I've been talking about the differences between the last goat to come from Green Bay to land in New York and be the hope of Jets fandom that we will finally reach a promised land and you and I will cover a Super Bowl for the NFL media group and see the word Jets in an end zone, mm. you know, um, that that the difference between this hard knocks Jets team and the previous one, and again, I'm very appreciative and thankful that that two AFC championship game appearances back-to-back occurred, right? And that Sanchez and Rex Ryan were born out of the Favre failure. I get it. Um, but to me, Sala seems to be so much more um, just sustainable, you know? And um, and this team appears to not be on the credit card either. Now, obviously, Rodgers is going to come at a cost once he's done. But... The Jets team that we saw, the Mike Tannenbaum put it on the credit card, grounded, pound, and try and win with the mm-hmm. Rex Ryan, where Sala is absolutely the coach of the moment the Jets need in the same way Ryan was, where I don't need to kiss Bill Belichick's rings and, you know, man, the man genius who, you know, really didn't have much of a personality given way to Rex and his braggadociousness, which definitely worked for a New York audience and for a fan base that was if I may say so, sick and tired of getting kicked in the balls by the football gods for 40 years at that point in time. You know, um, Sala just seems to be a much more sustainable coach for the Jets, that the cult of personality isn't going to run out. And yet, you know, and yet this is it, year three for Salah, right, Rich? So I know. If it, if it doesn't happen he, this year, you can imagine ownership potentially making that change. Which, well, then that know. would be a mistake. Yeah. That would be a mistake. Uh, I think it would be a mistake. And obviously we need to see how things play out from here. Um, but honestly, um, Joe Douglas, um, you know, winding up turning – uh, Elijah Moore into a second round selection that wound up turning into Rogers. Um, the drafting of the team, the way that they've been drafting it. Um, the smart, I mean, Lazard, I mean, he barely showed up in this first episode of hard knocks. I mean, come on. Like that is a heck of a, of a wide receiver pickup. Miko Hardman also like, this is a really talented deep team that isn't really discussed as such because we are all attracted to and distracted by the Rogers acquisition because it is so splashy and so big the Quinn and Williams signing again the defensive line is deep they are a deep young hungry team and I guess I'd like to see more of that over the next two, three, four weeks, but just let's keep it healthy and yes. cohesive and hit the ground running on the first Monday night of the season, because that is a big fat piece of filet mignon. Whoa. The Jets have um, the league is served up to all of us on the first Monday night, then a trip to Dallas, then the Belichick visit, mm-hmm. then the Mahomes visit. Then the week five game against Denver that wasn't on anyone's marquee until Sean Payton's comments um, hit open air. And then um, Jalen Hurts visit. (laughs) So (laughs) I just need health and calm and chill and cohesiveness because the first six weeks is going to be the crucible that uh, will forge this team or springboard it or or even worse. Yep, and as uh, to your point or your your vision of one day us both being in a building at the Super Bowl yeah. with the Jets in the end zone, as another famous Jets fan, Joe Beningo, is known to say, from your lips to God's ears, my friend. Yeah, here, let me, hold on, let me flex, hold on a second. 
uh, oh, where's Rich uh, going? I'm in my office. Rich is walking off mic. He's in his office. Yeah, hold on. I'm sorry. I should describe it to your podcast audience. Here we go. Look <laughs> this off the wall. Rich? All right. Here we go. This is at an NFL. <laughs> this is the NFL Honors in Atlanta. Okay. Give this us a picture. full screen on this. <laughs> okay. There we go. That's yeah. That's me. Oh yeah. Sorry. Let me uh hold there on. We a minute. There we go. That's oh, me with Joe there Willie. Okay. It there it is. And I saw him, and we hugged it out. We like we had a night. And then my friend Julie um from gave this to me for my 50th birthday she got it signed because she worked for uh Sportsnet new york at the time and she got joe willie to sign it um we, we well we just need <laughs> you know we need we need this is great and joe willie is the greatest and i you know but we need new generations to it's have time. their yeah like we've got time rich that to to coin the phrase that lombardi trophy is lonely um and that's my way of flexing in a way to make a point there you go you know like we gotta we gotta we gotta have our own you know moment here um i don't know if rogers is gonna hug me out like this but <laughs> in a big radiant smile and laugh i don't know about, that. about that i don't know if we'll ever have that um <laughs> but um you know maybe i'll just surf off of peter schrager's newfound uh friendship how about that um you know <laughs> with him and i like but, the schrager's uh, making of tweet where he explained how it all happened that that's when, i you know, saw you got that. a big scoop you know no i saw that and, yeah. and, and again just to wrap it all up is that rogers appears to be really um you know um uh at at a, in, a, in a really good state of mind here um and has really taken to new york and new york to him um, and we will just see how it all works out once games are played and, you know, adversity strikes, but so far so good. And I thought the first episode of hard knocks was just, um, um, surreal. Uh, that's the only way to put it. I, <laughs> I can't believe it. it's happening. I can't believe it's happening. Rich, you know? we are in the same boat. We are in the same boat, sir. Thank you so much. You Rich call. Eisen. Check him out on the Rich Eisen show. And of course, an NFL network, we're going to take a break and be back with Connie Fox. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, guys, it's Rich Davis from Covino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. 
See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. All right, welcome back. And as promised, she is my co-host on this wonderful uh, podcast of Hard Knocks. She is the great Connie Fox, also known as Colleen Wolf. Uh, where are you, Colleen, right now? You should be in the studio with me. This is the premiere of the Hard Knocks podcast. I'm upset. Here right now, and that's all that really matters. Even though I'm not physically there, Dan, I'm here with you. <laughs> Very Spirit Aaron Rodgers like. <laughs> you know, listen, I am uh, in a hotel right now in Seattle, looking out at the beautiful skyline and the water. It's gorgeous uh, here. I love the city. I'm not even sure I can leave. I don't know if I'll be back in studio because I might not ever leave Seattle. But it's great. I have Seahawks camp tomorrow, so. I'll be on Inside Training Camp Live. Get that plug in. I like it, Connie. And, you know, this is our second year doing this podcast. And, uh, you know, we've always been big fans of Liev Schreiber, uh, the actor and longtime narrator of Hard Knocks. And, Connie, we're let's get into, like, the fun kind of nuggets from episode one. But let's start with the Schreiber of it all because it's it was pretty meta in general <laughs> uh, that the narrator of the show – gets put into the news cycle. Here's the backstory by Aaron Rodgers. Everything Again, everything goes back to Rodgers, who tells reporters that one thing he was looking forward to in terms of being uh, having the cameras and the whole vibe is Liev Schreiber because he's a fan of his work and so on and so forth. So what? What? I mean, the budget, Connie. <laughs> what? What? The budget of NFL films on HBO. Do they split the check? They rent a helicopter to have the man flown into the middle of the practice. And uh, and and then you ask Liev Schreiber to narrate his own arrival on Hard Knocks. <laughs> and as people, fans of this show know, this podcast, we do not have contractually the ability to use Liev's voice on this program. Legally, it's a big time no go. But we do have Jason Zumwalt to read transcription <laughs> from an episode. Hit it. Sometimes, when a show is truly epic, it pulls out all the stops. Full disclosure, I wanted to drive, but the producers thought a helicopter might be more dramatic. Should have ironed my shirt. <laughs> Zumwalt on point, as always, the voice of God for ATN and the voice of God of NFL Films meeting uh, once more. Connie, the Schreiber coming down to practice, uh, awkward chit-chat, all great stuff, uh, and then it led to one of my favorite parts of the episode. One of the things we talked about last week, Connie, about like what is it about the Nathaniel Hackett and, and Aaron Rodgers of it all, this relationship that is, has helped create this whole si system or situation for uh, the Jets right now. And here's Rodgers, who was just giddy about meeting Schreiber and thought that all these young 24-year-old quarterback and players <laughs> around them should be like super amped up about this uh, veteran character actor. Um, here is Rogers and Hackett kind of sniping at each other in a way that only good buddies can. Why do you say hi? Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, what? He's he, he's nervous. He wants to, you know, meet people, feel comfortable. I know that. He's never been to a hard knocks practice. You know how excited he is to meet Aaron Rodgers? That's overwhelming. Just say hi. Just it's overwhelming say hi. for people. Just be nice. Hey, look at him. Hey, you got all dressed up for it? Oh. Looks great. He's lean, slim. <laughs> Go say so hi cute. to him, Nathaniel Hackett. Say hi. It's Liev Schreiber. Okay. All right. Um, I have so many thoughts here. First of all, Zumwalt, I, I almost forgot how accurate he is with these impressions. It is just so spot on. It's so well done. I love his Schreiber. Um, the helicopter itself was so extra, but also so perfect. How like, much? I loved it. How much? I loved I? it. Are the, Jets, are the Jets kicking in on it? Oh, my. Of course. I have no idea, I is guess. 20 grand? I mean, this, 30? Uh, Blade, Blade is like a thing in New York. It's almost Five? like a helicopter Uber. I have no $600? idea. $600? I don't I, have that type of money. <laughs> I would have no idea where to start with it that. It has to be it, my five from 500 
to $50,000 is what I'm going to state for my guess of how much it cost to, to bring in Schreiber on the, on the heli. I would say definitely more than 500. I'm I'm taking the over, but maybe they worked out a deal because they got the blade promotion in on the show. So who knows? Who knows right. what kind of strings HBO can pull? But the producers were absolutely <laughs> correct. It was super dramatic. That's an insane entrance. Uh, and of course, Liam Shriver kind of he seemed a little bashful about it, which I kind of loved. And he also just kind of came off as a little humble in general when he talked about. The fact that he doesn't really do anything. It's just his voice and he's just ripping off John Pacenta. Right. Like that I was into. And I loved Aaron Rodgers sort of fanboying over him and thinking that everyone else was going to feel the same well, that, way. That exchange with Hackett was so cute. I think it was, yeah, I thought it was endearing for all parties involved. And Connie, one of the things that's great about you is your awkwardness, which I always enjoy in various <laughs> social settings. And Shriver just gets kind of put in a weird spot because it, it made sense to ask, hey, do you want to be go down to camp? Rogers mentioned you. Then he gets there and it's like, yeah, it's like not everyone is going to know who he is. So he's standing there. But Rogers was nice. And it just I think it was something very real about Rogers sensing that Schreiber should be getting more attention because he was brought in here on a helicopter. So he's like, let me get my buddy Hackett to help me out here and try to make this a little less awkward in his mind. And Hackett was like, I don't know, man. And then even one of the quarterbacks on the Jets, one of the guys uh, deep on the depth chart, Rogers, this is Aaron Rodgers. He's like, come on, man, go say hi to him. Go say hi to him. And, the, and finally the quarterback's like, no, nah, I'm talking to the coach. I can't. <laughs> I know. Rogers is like, he's the voice of God. Don't you know who this is? Like, and then I just thought it was really sweet that his whole thing with Hackett, the way that he was trying to persuade Hackett to go over was like, come on, he's never been to a hard knocks practice. Like he just let's just make him feel comfortable. Let's just be nice people like that. Once again, I thought was really sweet on a human level. So I was into the whole thing. It was absurd. Yeah. And I, I thought they did a nice job not hammering the Sean Payton storyline, because at this point it's uh -huh. a couple of weeks old, but we did get to see a little bit of that pylon game, and uh, and they used the old psych out, psych out uh, technique from uh, the uh, South Park guys movie, Basketball, and at one point when Hackett's about to throw the ball, uh, Rogers goes, Sean Payton, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. You psych <laughs> me out with that one. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's interesting. You also get, like, you know, more of an idea uh, of uh, Hackett and, and, and maybe that'll come up a little bit later. What else kind of did you like from this episode? Okay, so there were a few things. Uh, I loved the music in this uh, episode in general. I There were so they many They always songs. nail it with the music on the show. Always. God, I, I mean, like there were, they even had a little bit of uh, the police in there, I thought as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew that you would uh, flag that. They had Greatness on there by Quavo in the Sauce and Garrett Wilson montage, which was timed perfectly. That song is great. And then um, they had a little Cream, which is a Wu-Tang Method Man classic, the instrumental version of it. And they played it after Meth broke the huddle. And I think we have some of that. Can we play it? All right, I want to um, do a quote from Bill Parcells. Is that all right with y'all? Oh, yeah. All right. You can fool the whole world down the highway of years and take pats on the back as you pass. But your final reward will be heartache and tears if you cheat the man in the glass. Jets or three? One, two, three. Yes! Whoa! <laughs> yes! I, I mean, having Method Man at practice, like, the Jets are just sexy as hell. I love this team. I love everything about them. But having Method Man there, I am. I would be fangirling all over the place if I was at that training camp. That day, I was in Pittsburgh. C-Swiss Sr. was at, at Jets practice, and he was fanboying over <laughs> Method Man. Like, that was... Method Man was my first ever concert. I, it was Red Man and Method Man. And it, it, having Meth do a Bill Parcells quote, like, I just, I need someone to remix that. I need someone to put the cream uh, beat under it, maybe. I don't know. But there was Ed Sheeran. There was the Poppin' song well, that we Rico heard Ritchie. from Sala. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, it, there was just so many good ones. So uh, my expectations for, like, this season now are higher than ever. I remember, what it, like, being in high school and learning that cream meant cash rules everything around me and just thinking that was the coolest thing I'd ever heard in my life. <laughs> I mean, it's not not true. <laughs> um, yes, yes, yes. The music is always uh, epic on the show. I, I thought, you know, speaking in, you're a Sala fan too, Connie, as we know. I big fan of his coaching. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> um, 
he I thought it was so nice. I was very excited to get finally some context. You know, when the Sean Payton thing went down and he does the, you know, if you ain't got haters, you ain't popping. But he also then he's talking about he's talking about crows and suffocating. And like, I think everyone collectively was uh, football fans like shrugging their shoulders like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And then uh, it is. It was very Dan Campbell-esque. Yes. And then you cut, though, to the opening of the show. And we heard the the tail end of his speech uh, at the top of our recap here, or our podcast. But at the beginning of the first thing we hear from Sal is explaining the theory that the, the crows, they're the only bird crazy enough to go after hawks. And the hawks have the ability. To, eagles. Eagles, excuse me. Eagles have the ability to fly high and then the crows get too high and they suffocate and fall to the ground and die. And I was just like, thank you. I needed a little bit more. To, I was a little concerned that my team's head coach might be going crazy. Now I'm like, okay, it kind of connects to a private conversation he had with the team, and now it all made sense. Thank you for context and clarity on the on the crow thing. I'm happy I, I, about I did, that. I did also enjoy as he was giving that that whole speech that there were just guys like that were getting really into it in the background when he was talking about the crows just like falling to earth and dying. Right. And they were like, let's go. The crows are going to die. Right. And, and so like, it's like, I don't know. It feels a little disturbing. And like, and I'm, I'm picturing like Sean Payton going too high into the altitude and then just like free falling to his death. And, earth. you know, it's it pretty hard. Like he went pretty hard with that. Um, any other, what are some other things that you liked in the episode? Okay, so I felt like we got an early indication of our underdog for the season, Chaz Surratt, the linebacker. Um, it seemed like Salah absolutely loves him, but he's also like a third string guy. Um, and I don't think, I think he played one game last year for the Jets. So I am interested to see if that ends up being a thread throughout the season. What, I, what, and what part of the episode was he? I'm kind of not tracking was, that one. This was in the Hall of Fame game. He oh, right, 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 right. He had an interception, I think, in the Hall of Fame game. And Salah was like, he's so fast. That's, That's right. my guy. Keep stacking. He's so good. Very, very um, good. Astute. You're a Hard Knocks fan. When they have the coach mic'd up doing something in a game, they are going to come back to that player and track him. Uh-huh, and I thought, uh-huh. I thought Rich uh, – Eisen made a good point earlier. It seemed like a mortal lock that Dalvin Cook would be in this episode after the the hoopla around his visit to the camp and taking a physical and taking selfies and, you know, all that. And then I was thinking in my head, I was like, hmm, is that a little bit of a hint that maybe the Jets are looking to distance themselves from that situation? Or more likely, Hard Knocks producers are waiting for that story line to see itself through and then they could kind of use all this footage that they got earlier in camp and tied together with his arrival maybe as soon as episode two we shall see i i I would think that it's the latter because i was kind of thinking the same thing i also uh just as like a final little note i kind of loved that jason garrett randomly caught some strays in the episode (laughs) that was so random and the guys were like we can't have the ops in here and they were like is that is that Jason Garrett? Is that the Cowboys ex-coach? Wasn't he with the Giants? Like that, yeah, I, had like I a, kind of love deep down. I had a bit of a dad moment, and Eric Roberts, the producer uh, behind the glass, had to help me out with that. Eric, what was the best, what was your description of what uh, Jason Garrett being compared to ops? What, what does yeah, that it's mean? It's like what? usually like police, snitch, the rivals, <laughs> opponent. You don't want to mess with the ops. You don't want to do it. We don't need ops in the building. No, we yeah. don't need like them on the snitches, practice field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Dan, next episode, we'll tell you what the block is hot means. I know what cream means. <laughs> um, uh, let's do MVP. It's time. Okay. All right. Okay. So, Great. Uh, listeners, uh, new listeners, hi. Um, how are you? Um, I'm Dan, and that's Colleen. <clears throat> Speaking of awkward, um, we do an MVP, but it's a voting system. And uh, you just heard... From Eric Roberts. Eric, this all falls on you. Our great former producer, Justin Graver, h- handled these duties last summer. Um, we need someone to tabulate this and track it. Connie and I cannot do it. Connie actually mm-hmm. privately told me last summer, I'm talent. I don't do math. <laughs> right. And I was That's like, true. Well, that was weird, but yeah, also I true. Don't. And I agree with that. So um, here's the system. <laughs> I don't know if this is the point system last year, but it is this year. It was complicated last year. I have do, no idea. So maybe it's the same one. I listened back and I remember head. the term vector point scale or something vector like that. Vector point yeah. scale. That sounds cool. <laughs> Whatever that is, we're going to do it again. So it's a vector scoring system. Uh, first place, we're going to do a first, second, and third place MVP vote every episode. 
and then we're going to tally it up at the end of the year and then name Hard Knocks MVP. A first-place vote is six points in the vector system. A second-place vote is hmm, four points, and a third-place vote <laughs> is two points. Does that sound right? Sounds close enough. So Wrote you're just making this up, right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> Great. All right. The Sounds thir- right to me. Who's your third-place MVP vote for episode one of Hard Knocks training camp with the New York Jets? Okay. Third place goes to Solomon Thomas. I absolutely love I love the personalities on Great this one. defensive line. And I thought that Solomon Thomas was involved in the best exchange of the entire show because there were so many <laughs> little things to pick out of that one exchange. Um, can we play the quote so everyone can hear it? Yeah, first? let's play this this exchange. Solomon Thomas, and I'll just tee it up thusly because it reminded me. This group of defensive linemen, like they were like squabbling Irish brothers on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Solomon Thomas in the role of know-it-all older brother. Tenzel Smart is the kid brother who tags along even when he's unwanted. Uh, but they all love each other. It's that type of setup. <laughs> Let's listen in. Mm-hmm. Paying attention. No, I do. I'm you the only one sticking up for you. I'm always the one sticking up for you. Why? You remember you said you don't want me to go to Broadway? Let's let's just get it up. I said that. I said that because I feel like you'll be talking during the play, and I want you to respect. The performers, okay? I'll you get you. I'll, well, I can't just sit. Bro, it's actually. I got bad knees. Bro, it's, y'all be amazed. Knees start uh, hard knocks. Y'all, y'all hear this? How much, how good I want to go to a Broadway show. Broadway. I want to eat a Carcucci board. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's the mountaintop. That's it right there. And so it just started, end the show. Just end the show. It, Let's be honest. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It started because Solomon Thomas was like, I promise I'll take the whole D line. Like on the next off day, I'll take the whole D line to MJ, the musical. And then John Franklin Myers was like, well, we want a suite. And Solomon Thomas was like, there's no suite, bro. Like, uh, and, and then it kind of like went on from there. So I just kind of loved the idea of the defensive line going to a Broadway show together and then bickering about the seats, wanting a suite. And then obviously the charcuterie board of it all um, was perfect. A perfect ending. Right. Tenzel Smart thinks like Broadway is like Ford's theater and he would have one of those, those gold like little binoculars that he'd be watching up from the the, uh, from the top, I that that's a Carcucci board that is outrageous and beautiful, and I love it. Great third place vote. Um, I will go with for my third place, and it's tough, but I will give it to. See, I want to give it to Liev Schreiber, but I I think that'll be a waste of my vote just because I don't imagine he's going to insert himself in the program. I feel like you need to does. focus on the now, be yeah. present right now. Who do you want to? Don't even think about the next voting. Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. He's my third place vote. I thought mm-hmm. I thought that Hackett was um, kind of exactly what I was expecting, but maybe a little weirder and sillier um, than I realized. And I and you see why Rogers for all. So I think there's something there when you see all these young guys going up to Rodgers, even someone like Sauce Gardner, who's an instant superstar. It's almost like a little kid talking to Rodgers and, 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 and Sauce is trying to talk to Rodgers before the Hall of Fame game. And he's just kind of going on and on. And it's not exactly clear what, what, he, what he's saying. And Rodgers is very succinct and short but purposeful in what he's saying, almost like a, a dad talking to his son. It's, it uh-huh. had that... It had that that vibe, and so so many play, players and and people around Rogers in his universe, I think, speak to him in a in almost a state of awe as this living legend. And Hackett is a guy that's just like messing with him, like he's a buddy. And I think that's part of the reason why Rogers likes having him around, just somebody that will treat him like a, a regular person and not this this otherworldly figure. Yeah, and I also loved just like the little montage that they did of Hackett, where he's like, "I just want to fly around like a butterfly." And I you think have we Rogers. Have that. Ooh, let's hear it. I want to hear it again. I just want to fly around like a butterfly. <laughs> we might be using that often. I also want to thank Hackett, and I don't know how this, is, you know, because I was just at Cowboys camp, Connor. You're not the only one going to camps, you know. Oh, look at you! And um, Mike McCarthy is still doing Mojo moments over there. Um, which is a callback to um, the, so- the second Austin Powers movie, which I thought was okay. The first one, total classic, Stone Cold classic mm-hmm. comedy of its mm-hmm. era. Second one, yeah, Spy Who Shagged Me. Yeah. Fine. Third one, I thought was kind of a mess and kind of a disaster. Uh, Gold member, but 
Uh, Hackett loves it so much that he he bases entire like schemes and discussions about <laughs> red zone, which he calls the gold gold zone because of his obsession with gold member, the, the sequel. And I just I'm not down with gold member, but I am down with anything that leads to Aaron Rodgers say, saying gold genitalia on uh, yes. premium cable. I'm down with that. I flagged this as well. Um, I love Hackett's obsession with gold member and then Aaron Rodgers talking about it and saying like that Hackett wants to know about like how, well, how he got his gold genitalia, where he likes to party, how he roller skates, like that whole thing. But I also loved, by the way, Rodgers' story about Hackett and the fact that Hackett, when he was in Green Bay, noticed that Brian Balaga wasn't celebrating with the team after touchdowns. And that, you know, Hackett loved the Lambeau leap, but also wanted them to celebrate with teammates as well. And so then he ended up getting Balaga to celebrate. And it was like, oh, that's so nice that he cultivated this, like, this team-friendly atmosphere and these, like, relationships between people. So I'm with you on that. That's a good one. All right. Your uh, second place vote for MVP of the episode. Okay. My second place vote goes to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, wow. Upset. <clears throat> I know. That's I terrible. Know. They, I don't think I don't agree with this, but go ahead. Well, you have yours. I have mine. Rogers, uh-huh. I think, has the constant main character energy throughout the whole show. Yes, he was like chewing up scenery in the beginning. And I love the fact that his teammates love his personality. They talk about how cool he is and they talk about whatever they say on TV about him is a lie. Um, and there was a whole thing about his no look passes. But I especially love the fact that he was so complimentary to and about Zach Wilson. And he was talking about Zach Wilson's no look passes and working with him and answering his questions and celebrating with him after that bomb of a pass in the hall of fame game. That was fun. Also alluding to his off season hobby of psychedelics, perhaps mm-hmm. um, you can connect those dots if you want. How about his and handshake also- with sauce? Well, that, I mean, that will be part of another uh, vote. <laughs> All right, hold myself. that thought then. I No, we talked about it with uh, with Rich Eisen a little bit that um, Wilson is in such an awkward situation. And you can mm-hmm. see that's Rodgers in his way trying to make a awkward situation a little bit less awkward by making him seem like he's still a guy that, you know, is you could get excited about. By the way, straight thought about Zach Wilson – no heat. You don't have him come up, coming up again here, do you? Mm-mm, no. Um, is he getting younger? Like, it, oh my god, are gosh, we reverse he's such aging? A baby. Are we Benjamin like Buttoning here? Face. Yes. He, yes. He, he looks like he still looks like a rookie, or now even like maybe like a high school senior. At one point, they cut to him at halftime of the Hall of Fame game, and he's eating. What what was it like a Smuckers? Uncrustables. The Uncrustables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you know when he's in the huddle, he's like. Come on, he like basically echoes something that Rogers said earlier in camp. I think the thing you kind of called out um, that you really liked in our preview episode, where he was like, "Come on, guys, we don't know how long we'll be able to do this, so let's enjoy it." And it's like, it just you, you, it just seemed like a boy, like and not. He's like he's like a kid, a kid brother. And uh, and the fact that Rogers is there, which is the epitome uh, or the opposite end of things, this grizzled veteran. Uh, approaching age 40 it's wild it's not really a shot at Wilson it's just it's stunning um really how cherubic he still appears to be uh-huh. he needs you know what he needs a beard how about that if you can do it Zach it might be <laughs> time for the can? beard it might be time <laughs> all right my uh, second place um I think we flipped I think we flipped so I have yeah. I have Salah as my second place and th- it's not a shot on Salah I think he was exactly what I thought he was going to be and um it is brought it up with Rich like it is there's a lot of pressure on Salah here as exciting and everything is, you know, sunshine and rainbows right now around the jets. But there's also this reality that this is year three for Salah and you go show me the list of NFL coaches in the past 25 years who have gotten a fourth year if they didn't make the playoffs by year three. Mm-hmm. Um, he, so it's it in a playoff or bust year, potentially for Salah. He obviously feels like he's in a very good spot, and he is. And one difference we talked about earlier about how how different it is beyond just the obvious, the the Favre and Rodgers of it all. And Rich had mentioned that Favre uh, was joining a, a much less talented team than Rodgers is, and that's true. 
But also a difference in these situations, 2008 to 2023, is how much better the AFC is now compared to the field in 08. Remember, in 2008, when Brett Favre was there, Tom Brady blows his ACL in game one. Mm. Um, yeah, that's right. And is out for the year. Uh, that was a wide-open conference this year. You look at the AFC now, and, and it is a gauntlet. The top of the season is a gauntlet for the Jets, and there are so many teams that are just starving, like the Jets, the Bills, the Bengals, to name just two. Uh, and then, of course, the Chiefs are there waiting. Um that it's going to be a very tough ride. It's going to be very difficult for this team to win 10, 11, 12 games, despite mm-hmm. all this optimism. So just tempering it a little bit, but solid, despite all that pressure behind the scenes or under the hood, uh, feels like a guy that's very confident in himself and in this team. I, you know, I love me some Robert Sala. Um, oh, I actually, when I do. was at Niners camp yesterday I asked Kyle Shanahan like how he's going to be on hard knocks and like how he like will actually like secretly deal with it and Shanahan was like oh my god he's going to pretend like he doesn't like it he's going to love it he's going to make sure that he lifts his weights before the cameras turn on that he has a fresh shave like he will be ready for it oh yeah however he's not he's not in my MVP voting um, I you know I need to pump the brakes a little bit. It's a long season of hard knocks, so my number one is a little bit of a surprise. Whoa! Um, yeah. You know you so, could cost all MVP by leaving him out of the. You ain't got no haters. You ain't popping. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> you leave him out of the ve- the vector scoring system for an entire week. That's trouble for his chances to win the whole damn thing. So it shows what a fan you actually are. I do want to hear now. Now I'm fascinated. Who's number one? I know. So my number one MVP, and it really was because of this handshake. It's got, <laughs> for me, it's Sauce Gardner. The handshake was so good. I knew you'd like that, Connie. <laughs> they, they, do, they take a hit of something, then they put it out on another teammate. It's creative. It's fun. I haven't seen it before. I also just love the dynamic of him and Garrett Wilson. They have such different personalities, but they're so competitive. And Sauce is such a chirper. Like you could tell he just loves to get under people's skin. And then you have Garrett Wilson, who's kind of like this sweet, boyish kind of guy mm-hmm. next to him. And Sauce is just very fiery and sassy. Um, and then I just also love that he graduated. That was nice. And it, yeah. You know, I when he was putting on his graduation cap, his family was like, oh, like, you know, he doesn't want to mess up his hair. I felt that. I really felt that in a way that um, I-, I was there. I hated putting on the graduation cap. I hated getting my picture with it on. It it's kind of a silly hair. look altogether. That's maybe something we could kind of transition out of as yeah. the years go on. Why, why not? Why are we still doing this? Um, I like the fact that he said he, it felt like a game day, but he wasn't nervous. And it was sweet that everyone was coming up to him and being like, have a great season. Yeah, and that he was said nice. that he didn't have a chance to graduate high school because he was in camp already. So this was the first time that he actually got a chance to walk across the stage. And I thought that was nice. I mean, I can almost I could like picture it right now, like a cranky column from Phil Mushnick in The New York Post, like <laughs> explaining why. That handshake between Sauce and Rogers is everything that's wrong with the Jets and sports in America or whatever. <laughs> Calm down. Take a seat. Relax. Uh, that was just two guys having fun and enjoying. And Rogers is obviously famous for his extracurricular activities, which haven't slowed him down from winning four MVPs in a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, love it. Uh, and it was great. As advertised and as predicted on our preview episode, I think Sauce and, and seeing Gardner – uh, excuse me, Sauce and Wilson on the practice field together is just fun. And it's just like these two guys are uh, the future of the Jets and, and the potentially a future kind of the AFC, and here they are going at it every practice. Someone might say, and I won't because it's cheesy and cliche and overdone, that iron sharpens iron. Oh, my power. God, do not. But I will I've not it say every, it. I've heard it at every <laughs> single camp. I honestly, like – it's iron versus iron season is training camp and like that. There's nothing we can do about it. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, so my, my first place vote does go to Aaron Rodgers, and, um, you know, I think, uh, he, he absolutely like Sala has leaned into this. And despite all the talk about, Oh, we don't want to do it or, um, stuff you may have heard. Rogers is all about it. Rogers loves this moment. He loves this time. And, um, he, I loved how the way the episode started, kind of tying back to how we started today's show. 
that walk to the field and just a guy that's basking in this moment on this in this second act to his career. Um, he could say he went into the darkness for five days and was 90% retired. I watch a guy, you know, hugging Randall Cobb after the DeMarcus Ware's national anthem and saying, I love you. It's, you know, the never gets old, brother. Love you. Like, and seeing mm-hmm. the, the passion he has for the sport and talking with the guys and, and just chopping it up and, and um, the sk- obviously the skill he still has and how easy he makes it all look. This guy was not going to retire. It was all part of a, a bigger, you know, idea with Rodgers and a conversation that's fair about, like, is this guy for real is it, or is he full of it? Like, who is Aaron Rodgers? Um, but, you know, some people might even say bad things about Aaron Rodgers. But to that. Not me. You, you can reply. Whatever they say about Aaron Rodgers on TV is a lie. <laughs> yes, uh, that is true, or maybe it's not true. I don't know, um, but I will. I've been vocal in criticism of Rogers in the past, but he is the right guy for this team right now. And I thought this episode showed that he is kind of the the sun in which all the planets around of the New York Jets are uh, rotating around. So Rogers gets it for me, and we'll see where things go from here. Connie, anything else you want to get in before we say goodbye? No, I think that was a great first episode. Like I great start. I, I agree. I love this. Like they started like they came out swinging. And so I expect this rest of the season to be just as good because I was like stopping myself from texting you the entire time in real time as I watched it. We're going to have a ton to talk about. Ton to talk about. Connie going to be back in studio with me next week. I am. I love it. Connie and Dan together. And uh, hopefully you with us along for the ride as we go through each of the five episodes. And just like this one, it lands Tuesday night right after the airing of Hard Knocks. And it's there for you, for us to discuss this great show and this very interesting Jets team. Until next week, heed the call. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.